Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Before this happened, you know, like he, that he got me the best gift yet. Like, this is so good. I'm like, dude, you got me a pandemic. Like, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michelle, how are you doing? Well, it's Sunday, which is zero percent different than any other day of my week lately. Yeah, right. Days um, don't matter. Yeah, days don't matter. Time doesn't matter. I'm not sure. No idea. Um, but today is a good day because we're interviewing Emily. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and I met her through. I met her through CrossFit. CrossFit. Oh my God. Can you hear the shower? Are you going to fall asleep? No. (laughs) (laughs) I might. I might have to have a nap midway through this (laughs) recording. I just, something about Lindy showering puts me to sleep. I know. That's really funny. But hopefully this doesn't get like picked up in it. If you hear me snoring, just <laughs> shout my name. <laughs> Carlin, damn it. Be professional. <laughs> um, yeah. So I met Emily through CrossFit a long time ago and um, followed her on Instagram. And that's sort of how I saw her story. And I thought to myself, we should interview her. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so she went on a trip right in the middle of a pandemic Well, kind of right at the very beginning before it was a pandemic, but she found herself in Europe when the pandemic was announced. Yeah, that would be so that would be crazy. I would honestly just like, I don't know how you could kind of relax and just be like, let's go to the pub or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially if you're getting messages from people back home and you're seeing schools closing and all this stuff. That would be so bizarre to be just so far away from that. I'm trying to record today um, in a quieter place, so I hope that this audio turns out better. Yeah, no, it sounds good. I I saw this meme where it was like, when you realize that the quiet place, like that movie, took place in the year 2020. <gasps> yeah. Is that? Have cr- you seen that movie? Anthony made me watch it, and I am such a baby. Like, <sighs> he also made me watch Get Out. You know that no. crazy one? Yes, I'm too scared. It's a really good movie, but I am such a chicken. Um, but no, we watched The Quiet Place and it's incredible. But yeah, it's really creepy and eerie. <clears throat> but it helped that it, John Krasinski was in it because I love him. I that's actually the only reason I want to see it is because I love John Krasinski. Yeah. John Krasinski, if you're listening to this, shout out. <laughs> we love you. That's all. I mean, who doesn't love him? Like I know. Um, and does it have the type of ending that is like a Quentin Tarantino movie where you're like, well, that was stupid. Or does it have an ending that's terrifying or are you relieved by the end of it? Um, 
the reason I didn't want to watch it to begin with was, was because of the ending, because I'm really bad at like, I want to know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. Um. So a lot of times I would make Anthony tell me what happens, like even at the end, because I don't want to be surprised. Right. And when he told me, I was like, no, I'm definitely not watching it now. Um, but uh, no, it was good. Like the ending is really good. And the ending is like what needed to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just so bad at like being surprised. I hate it. I want to know what's going to happen. So I'm a weirdo like that. I'm just going to go around surprising you now. Don't. <laughs> I would even like, this is psychotic. This is psychotic. But like, I used to watch Big Brother. And in the middle of a competition, like a head of household competition, I would Google who won. Even though I was going to find out in like five minutes who won, I would need to know ahead of time. That is psychotic. It's psychotic. Walk me up. And like, how do you deal with life? Like, we don't know the ending of this pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) That is where all my anxiety comes from is because... The unknown is terrifying to me, and I've been in so many situations in my life where I don't have control over what is happening, and my anxiety just goes crazy. So, yeah, it's not great. It's not yeah, great that's with, not, with that's the not unknown. Great. Yeah. No, and I've had a lot of things happen in my life uh, that have been very unknown, and it's it's crippling, honestly. <laughs> If we really want to get into it. <laughs> I think maybe instead we should just get into this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. We should probably just end that there and move on to something better. All right. Let's talk to Emily. All right. So that it's so that it's recording. So Emily, Michelle, Michelle, Emily. Hi. Hello. um thanks so much for letting us interview you yeah you're welcome I was like she's just gonna get this message from this like girl on Instagram who looks at her stories um but I I met you through CrossFit like a hundred years ago yes I remember oh well that's nice I just assume nobody remembers um and then um because you had your like funny camping van yep. um channel that you were doing do you guys still have your van no we sold it actually like very quickly after we finished it oh um, and we ended up just like paying off all of our debt and it wasn't our original plan but it worked out really awesome and then like yeah. a week later after we sold it we had indie oh my god so, that's amazing yeah <laughs> so we'll probably do another one to be honest yeah. yeah. My partner and I have a 1979 GMC Gaucho camper van. Like it's really, we call it the Predator because it looks like <laughs> something something that shouldn't drive near school. Um, awesome. But I like love camper vans. I love them so much. Yeah. They're yeah. super cool. It was a lot of work, but Adam did such a good job. Yeah. It looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys still... I feel like I still follow the, what was it called? The Venatics or something? Yep. Uh, Michelle, you should go look at it because it was just such a fun thing. Is it going to make me feel bad about myself? No. No. Like, oh, Venatics. I thought you were talking no, about CrossFit. I was like, I don't want to watch anyone do <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, thank you so much for agreeing to do this because I was watching your Instagram stories 
And I remember seeing that you were in the UK and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then your stories just got more and more interesting. <laughs> it was a very interesting trip. Yeah. Um, so when did you go to Europe and how long was your trip supposed to be? So originally our trip was to spend a week in London and a week in Paris. Um, and we left March 8th and that stayed on schedule. And we were going to do one week first in London and then train over to Paris and do a week there. Um, and what did you ask me? Did you just ask me when well, was that, when I was like? Yeah, and so you were supposed to be gone for two weeks. Yeah, so it was just, I think then, it worked out to 12 days, like with our travel days. Right. And then before you left, was there anything, like was the coronavirus in your like in your mind, was it anywhere sort of like in the media yet? Yes. Um, it was in the media, but it was all still like fairly distant, right? Like it wasn't, it, there wasn't much talk of it in Canada. I think there was maybe like a couple cases in Toronto and a couple in Vancouver when we were leaving, Yeah. but it was, um, big enough well, massive enough in Italy for us to decide not to go to France at all. Okay. Um, and so did you make that decision before you went to London? We did. Yeah. Um, and okay. we were traveling with people. So this, this trip was booked like months. I don't even know how long Adam actually booked it as a surprise for me. So I got it, Aww. I got it at Christmas and the plan was to travel with friends of ours who are actually our neighbors and they have a two-year-old. So it was kind of like, um, two families going on a trip and then one other solo friend so there was oh, nice. <laughs> so the original plan was five adults and two kids so when wow. yeah so when Italy started to get super crazy um we had like a team meeting and we we went back and forth so many times though it was honestly very stressful to decide um and the team meeting the last one we had was when we decided to just um, not to go to France. We didn't have to change anything with that decision because our flights were like, um, we got a killer deal on our flights. So our flights to fly into London and home from Paris were $500 return. Oh my God. And we knew that with those kinds of fares, you can't, you can't change it or cancel it yeah. any money back anyway. So we figured, okay, we'll go to, to England and we'll just forget about our return flight, knowing that we have to book another flight out of London instead so we right. didn't actually have to change much for our Paris besides our um Airbnb we had to cancel that so we had enough notice that we could get half of it back and that's what we decided to do and then was your plan just to stay in London for two whole weeks then well we kind of went back and forth on that as well there was a lot of talk back and forth we we looked at going to like Amsterdam um, we looked at going to Ireland and Scotland and those kind of places at the time there was nothing in Ireland like virus wise, uh, yet. Yeah. And so we kind of were looking at all of these options and also trying to keep in mind a budget because we had just lost half of our, um, money for our Airbnb in, in Paris, which was actually, was quite expensive. Um, yeah. and the end result was that we just decided we'd go to England, see what happens. Um, but I think we were all kind of thinking that we would just stay there. Some people in our group felt more inclined to go somewhere else or even to different cities within England. Um, so we had loose plans 
um, to kind of travel around a little bit in England. But again, we kind of were just going to see what happens. Wow. And then when you were there, when did you start noticing a shift sort of like just generally in the news or just out in public? Honestly, there was not much going on in the UK. I think they were fairly heavily criticized at their slow response. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I can definitely attest to that. There was, you would see maybe a couple people on the, on the tubes or the train um, (laughs) with some masks on, like maybe a handful a day. And we were traveling that way. We didn't rent a car because it's just crazy driving in London. Yeah. Um, But besides that, maybe you'd see a sign up in like the entrance to the train stations to wash your hands, but there was nothing else, like nothing going on. Wow. And do you remember like around what date that was? So we got there. So we flew overnight. No, we did. Yeah, we flew overnight. So we would have got there March 9th. Um, oh my and God. What was flying overnight with a toddler like? Uh, it was actually probably, I don't know what kind of luck Adam and I have, but every time we fly, we managed to get a spare seat. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know if I just jinxed it or what, but yeah, every time we've gotten a spare seat. So we ordered a this this blow-up pillow that kind of sits between the back of the seat and the the seat, of, you know, the seat ahead and the your seat, and then you blow it up and yeah. then you lay down. So it was actually okay. She slept for probably six hours. Oh, wow. Wow. Isn't she? She's 16 months. What day is it actually? Yeah, she's 16 months tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you traveled a lot with her before? We had traveled only to Montreal, so she'd only been on one flight. Well, two flights, I guess, there and back. And that was it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So did they? So getting off the plane in uh, in England, Mm -hmm. was there any kind of? post like you were saying that they kind of were not on top of things so was there any posters or saying like wash your hands or anything like that when you were getting off the plane or into the airport I'm I think there was some signs for washing your hands but I don't remember anything else um, yeah yeah there wasn't much at that point and even when we left there wasn't much I think they really picked up after we left um, yeah, because I think it was maybe like March twelfth was when they the the World Health Organization like called it a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and for like us in Calgary, that's when things really shifted. So was there much of a shift at that point in England, or was it like you said it was still pretty low key? It was pretty low key, and we knew what was going on because of all of our friends and family at home, and we knew how quickly things were changing in Canada. Um, but in the UK, it seriously just felt like normal, normal day. I, there was a lot of talk about it just between us and like people we were seeing, but no one was doing anything. Everything was still open. Like there was no restrictions that I knew of or could see. It would be so bizarre to like go on social media and, and looking at your friends who are in and your family who are in uh, Canada and just seeing everything shutting down and everything changing and you're on the other side of the world. That would be so bizarre. Yes, it was super bizarre. And I don't even, I'm trying to remember what day exactly we decided to try and, um, I think it was actually around then, maybe the Friday, the next day that we, we started trying to think about if we should be leaving early. Um, because we ended up coming back on the 18th. So I'm just trying to remember how that all happened it was very messy though it was not easy Mm -hmm. 
Um, there was a lot of back and forth with airlines. Were the airlines sort of supportive in in bringing people home early? Or was this before, um, like, Trudeau had sort of said, like, come home now if you're Canadian? So there was a couple, like, steps that the airlines did. Um, you know, at first they were allowing changes for flights that were regular fares that they wouldn't have normally allowed you to change. And then the okay. second step, and that didn't apply to us. So then the step, the second step was when they basically said, there's no restrictions. You can cancel or revise your flight. Um, I think it's like 48 hours or 24 hours even before. I can't remember the time. Um, but once they did that, that's when we started thinking, okay, we might be able to actually you know, not just get rid of all of the money we, we used, even though it was a cheap flight, maybe we'll be able to use that and transfer it to a new flight. Yeah. Um, so there was, WestJet was, WestJet was helpful. However, it took a very long time to get a hold of them. Um, our flights were originally booked through Expedia. Um, and normally when you book through like a third party company like that you have to only deal with them but because they were so backlogged because they don't only book flights right they book like hotels and trip packages and everything yeah they, WestJet was helping them out by allowing or Expedia and WestJet were working together so that WestJet could actually take calls for WestJet flights booked through Expedia luckily so um finally when we got through to WestJet we were able to cancel our return um, out of Paris and put that money on a credit on WestJet. So you couldn't actually get a refund, but you were getting a credit on your WestJet account. Um, oh, the only, that's pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was definitely better than we expected. Um, the only problem with that, and even the, the WestJet customer service agent was like, I can only see, I can only book the flights that she saw. So flights were literally changing by the second. <laughs> So wow. it was insane. I, it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was crazy. You would, you would see a flight, you would go through all of the steps on your browser, you would get to payment, you would hit and it's gone. Like it was gone in minutes. Um, and I probably did that three times trying to book a different flight and I lost it every time. So the agent was basically saying, this is what you should do. Keep your flight for now. Um, because you can cancel 24 hours before and still get this money back and book anything else you can get online because she can only book the flights that she could see. And a lot of the times up and down through these days, there was only high fared um, seats. So business class. And then the one below that one, they went up to like $4,000 a seat to get. Oh home. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we were trying to book anything for any day that we could see that was affordable for us because I mean, it was, it was really hard because you're trying to figure out how much money you're willing to spend, but also knowing that you need to get home, but also knowing, okay, well, like I can't just afford $8,000 to get my family home yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we basically knew that we were going to get half of the money back for the Paris flight and book anything we could. So we hung up with them and we kind of just kept checking back. And it wasn't until one morning I woke up and I was like, this, we need to do this. Like we need to go on right now. I looked at Air Canada and the whole other time I'd been looking at WestJet. So I looked at Air Canada, there was a flight that was $700 a seat and that was the best I had seen. Um, so at that point, 
uh, we booked it. We all booked it. Um, but I don't know if you want to go back because that was after we had traveled around the UK a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to know if you were able to kind of do touristy things while you were there or was it a lot of just stress and ha- like, what do we do kind of thing? Um, we did, we went out and about every day. There was nothing, nothing was closed. So we didn't go into much, many things tourist wise, just because I was born in England. So I had been there before Adam had traveled there before. And then, um, one of the other three people we were traveling with had also been there. So we just didn't really, you know, they weren't interested in paying to go into a cathedral because I don't know, it was yeah. cool from the outside. So we weren't really going yeah. into things tourist wise, but we could have, like we definitely could have, they were still open. And was it busy there? Was it like normal touristy, you know, crowds that you would normally see? I think we were in a bit of an off season regardless. So it's okay. hard to know how busy it would have been. It definitely would have been busier in the summer. Um, but there was still people everywhere. I mean, London is a very busy city and the trains were mm-hmm. still but the trains were still busy. Um, I didn't really notice anything different. <laughs> yeah and it's and now that everything has changed and I didn't think much of it when people were saying like the UK is so so slow to respond because at the time things all of these big major things were happening not really like around us you know they were in other countries and now that Canada took all of these those measures very early when they said you know we're being how did they word it we're being um I can't remember what, like, I can't remember the wording. They were being overcautious on purpose. Right. I can't remember. Oh, be right. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. <laughs> and I get it now. Yeah. Like, now that I'm home, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, the UK did nothing. Um, and now they're, I think they're paying for it a little bit. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Well, and was it almost like they didn't do, they didn't do anything. And then all of a sudden it was like, everyone's locked down yeah. kind of like an what from one extreme to the next yeah because we got home on the Wednesday and I think by the Saturday or the Friday all pubs were closed like every oh wow no bars no nothing were open because Adam's sister lives there so we kind of got kind of get some updates um but after we left things happened very quickly there mm-hmm. so I'm glad we left when we did uh part of the other reason we wanted to get those flights was because that there was an announcement from Trudeau about or no sorry it wasn't from Trudeau it was from WestJet that they were canceling all flights after the Sunday I think it was the 21st oh wow So our flights we booked I guess we would have had three separate flights so we had when I was saying that we were trying to book anything and everything we booked one um, for the 22nd so that was the Sunday Um, and we would have been flying out that day and we were just like, that doesn't make me comfortable. Like that same day is the day they're ending flights just doesn't sit well. And then we ended up booking those Air Canada flights for the Wednesday. So we canceled two flights and changed two flights to get home. Um, um, so I guess it was the third flight that we took and that was Wednesday the 18th. And then a couple days after that was when everything in the UK changed. (laughs) Wow. And did, was it a direct flight or did you have to stop in any other countries? We had to stop. So we flew into Frankfurt um, and it, it was a, an hour, I think. We basically had to run through the airport 
the airport in Frankfurt at that time was much more like you knew something was going on now. It wasn't like the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like the UK at all. It was much more, I don't, I, I don't know. There was just, you were much more aware of what was going on. We mm-hmm. we didn't have much time. Security took us forever to get through. Um, and I think we were maybe a couple of the last people on that flight to get back to Canada. And I don't know if this was related at all, but when we got to our gate to board our second flight to Canada, there was a family that was being split up because, and I don't know if it was because the flight was sold out or what, but I was like, is this related? This is crazy. I don't know. But all the, yeah. there was three children and a mom on the one side who had clearly been, you know, gotten their boarding passes and gone through. And then the dad was the only one that wasn't allowed on the flight. And they ended oh. up getting him on at the last second. Um, but there was like, it definitely felt more panicked. And maybe that was unrelated, but it added to my like, okay, this is yeah. getting real. I don't know what is going on. Like, we just need to get home. Yeah. Yeah. So, you just want to get back to Canada and, and not leave. <laughs> yeah. I would be so pissed if I was that mom with the three kids who had to get on a flight without my husband. I know. I'd be like, uh, luckily, no, we we're going to switch. Teenagers, they would say they were all over like 12, but yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you plan this on purpose? Right. <laughs> yeah. So at the time when we booked that flight, we weren't, ha- we weren't like super happy with um, having to fly into Germany as well. You know, you want to avoid as many airports as possible, but yeah. it was, it was what it was. I would rather do that and be home four days earlier yeah Um, yeah yeah and what was the atmosphere like on both of the airplanes because I imagine being Air Canada or WestJet like it would have mostly been Canadians or all Canadians trying to get home Mm -hmm. um it felt fairly normal I don't I I think there was probably a couple people wearing masks and I always wondered about that because there was so much in the media about saying like that doesn't protect you you know, it like mm-hmm. protects others. So some people were wearing masks that weren't, they were single use masks. So maybe they just didn't know that that's not really that helpful. Um, but the flight attendants were amazing. They were super helpful. Everything felt normal in that regard. I think, I think if you were traveling that day or around that day and you happened to have a cough, you would be get looked at <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, when we were in the airport, in London catching our flight to Frankfurt there was a couple people who I could tell were doing their hardest not to cough like and you know and that's the thing is like I don't know it's like there's it's such a scary thing for people this virus in general and the fact that the symptoms can be so just general to a, a common cold I was, I felt for this one woman because she was doing everything she could not to cough and I could tell. And you know, like I've tried to not cough in like a work meeting before and then eventually it just kind of like explodes out of you in this really awkward like cough <laughs> thing. It's like 10 times worse yeah. than if you were to just let yourself cough. Yeah. But um, so besides that, besides like seeing people who clearly maybe aren't feeling great and it could be unrelated, could not be um, mm-hmm. trying to hide things, it felt like a normal flight besides everyone probably in their own heads being like get me the heck home now yeah <laughs> yeah 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 we just interviewed um our friend from high school's a west at flight attendant and he said 
even the news they were getting was mm-hmm. like they weren't being given extra precautions or extra things to do until yeah. quite late. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. And he said, I never realized how many people touch me like as a flight attendant until now I'm so aware of it. Yeah, like even just like a tap on the shoulder or yeah. 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 Definitely. And so how did you get home from the airport? Because I've seen a lot of people recommending doing the like somebody delivers your car with groceries and then they leave was it were you being that precautious or I guess what was the information did you know that you had to self-quarantine for 14 days yeah so when we landed in Canada when you go through you know the little computers that are now like customs yeah Um, Mm -hmm. I guess they're customs I don't know um anyway I think it's like one part of it like one screening aspect of it customs thing um so when you go through that and you're declaring stuff and checking like yes this is me and these are the people I'm traveling with you actually had to check I don't know a handful of boxes basically talking about self-isolation and that you would that you're agreeing to self-isolate for 14 days after okay um returning from outside of Canada so we saw that And then um, as soon as you walked through arrivals, there was, I don't know for sure if they were nurses, but Alberta Health Services had people there handing out pamphlets um, and asking people if they had any questions about symptoms or things they should look for or any of that kind of stuff. And they, when we arrived, there was nobody in the airport (laughs) besides people that were getting off of our flight. I'm sure there was other flights after or before us, but when I was there, there was no one, um, wow. except for, I would say maybe like six Alberta health services people. Okay. Kind of standing around handing this stuff out. Um, and then as for how we got home, the people we had, tra- were traveling with had their, um, dad drop off their truck and we went home with them because we had already been with them for the past 12 days, or I guess it was like nine days. Yeah. So we went home with them. And my mom had picked up a couple groceries for us and left them in the house. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then you got your adorable dog back right away, right? Yes, she was dropped off with the groceries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she was waiting oh, for us. Nice. Yeah. Aww. I mostly look at your Instagram stories for your dog because right. I, like I know <laughs> I should probably put her on there more because I feel like a lot of people really like Cassie. she's so cute what kind of dog is she she's a greyhound and she's so lazy and she just sleeps all day and I just realized her birthday was the other day and she's 10 and I'm like oh my gosh how are you 10 years old oh wow yeah sometimes she acts like I've heard they're they're good dogs though because they're kind of like cats like they're pretty low maintenance oh yeah 100 percent. like she doesn't like her walks are maybe 10 minutes and if she doesn't want to walk she will just stop and turn around and walk me back um, she sleeps all day she just moves to different locations uh yeah she's she's great super low maintenance kind of like they kind of have some attitude though like I will say that they've got personality and it's a little sassy so yeah kind of oh, like funny. a cat yeah I was gonna say not unlike a cat I guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so you had posted about having to get tested for COVID-19 mm-hmm. so like what led up to that and like yeah like what was that about so we knew that because we had just traveled outside of Canada we were technically like 
eligible for testing, I suppose you could phrase it, um, because they wanted everyone to self-isolate um, because of being outside of Canada. If you called HealthLink, they asked you that. So um, we knew that we were able to get tested. It might just take longer because at the time we didn't have any symptoms. Okay. Um, it was the day after we got back that I lost my sense of taste and smell. No other, oh my gosh. no other symptoms at all. Uh, and they say that's like one of the first symptoms, right? Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't talked about until around that time. It was actually like, I had lost my sense of taste and then articles came out like two days later about how this is a new symptom <laughs> that they're talking about. And, oh no! and so I was like, oh, well, that's not ideal. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of mad because I was like I'm in quarantine and I can't taste food like this is so cruel like what do I have to look forward to in my day um yeah so yeah so I lost my my smell and my taste completely I felt totally fine otherwise I was still doing like CrossFit workouts in my basement everything was normal besides besides not being able to taste um I got a little bit of congestion not even like in my nose, but probably just more like in my nasal passages, you know, like yeah, in my mm-hmm. face um, that kind of went along with it. And that was that. Uh, it was probably, I'm just trying to think of days. It was Monday, Tuesday that I called HealthLink. So it was a couple of days after that um, to ask them if, you know, I should get tested. And then Mm -hmm. it was the Saturday. Uh, Okay, mine started there. I'm just thinking it was about the same time, probably the Sunday and the Monday that Adam lost his uh, sense of taste and smell. So the day before I had called is when he also lost it. And so were you kind of like, well, crap. Like, did you, I don't know. Like, I feel like I would be, like I have asthma and I've literally yeah. resisted calling health link before. Cause I feel like I'm going to be a nuisance or I'm just overthinking it. Or I don't know. Like I would get like, I don't want to bother people. So yeah. were you sort of like, ah, like I have to call them, but I don't want to, or. I felt like I had a responsibility to, honestly, mm-hmm. I felt like they would want me to be a part of a stat. Like they want right. to know these things right. and what kind of symptoms are affecting people and like demographic wise. And um, so I wasn't concerned about like my well-being. I wasn't having troubles breathing at all. And I didn't, yeah, like I didn't want to take time away from someone who was, but right. I felt mm-hmm. like it was important for them to know everyone that's, you know, experiencing these things. And because I had traveled outside of Canada, I was like, well, odds are good. I've got it. Like, Honestly, right. Odds are good. And um, it wasn't, you know, when I saw those articles about the smell and taste, I was like, yeah, like, I think I should probably call. Yeah. It did take me a couple of days, though, because it didn't seem like a big deal at, at all. Like, I was feeling fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did call, it was funny because I got uh, a nurse and it was her first night. And she, I could tell she was an older lady. And it was her first night on the phones and she was so sweet and it took so long, but she was so (laughs) sweet and she wanted to check that she was doing everything right. And like, she wasn't missing anything because they don't have time 
for mistakes. Like they want everything filled out very well, even if it takes longer. Um, So when I talked to her, I was, I gave them Adam's information and Indy's information, hoping that she could take it all and put us all in the queue for testing, which she did. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until the Friday night around in the evening it was later in the evening that we got called for testing the next morning uh so well how long did it take you on 811 to finally get through to somebody the first time when i called uh so i had tried calling on the monday and i gave up it it wasn't ringing properly so i Mm. that seemed to have been happening probably in super high high busy times for them it wasn't ringing it would kind of just disconnect you so i didn't I didn't like persist that day. It wasn't until Tuesday that I got through and it wasn't that long, actually. I would say under an hour. Okay. Um, and yeah, on Fridays when they called us and said, we want you to come for testing the next morning and like, these are your times you can pick. And for whatever reason, Adam picked 8 a.m. Oh. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Like, let's do nine. He's like, no, 8 a.m. That sounds perfect and then it wasn't until like that night at 11 he's like what was I thinking like why didn't you stop me so I'm like dude I tried to stop you so yeah the next morning 7 30 we left our house to go and we had to go to the old hospital like the old children's hospital um, oh yeah off like, like off- 17th yeah um so we headed there and we actually had to go into a clinic so it wasn't like a drive-through one that you've seen people get tested in it was oh, okay we actually had to go in the clinic and they there's someone in the front right in the front sliding doors and they like give you a mask they sanitize your hands and then they send you into the actual clinic which is a really weird thing because I'm like I'm trying to we're trying to avoid people but yet we're in a clinic with people who are sick like everyone yeah, has yeah. symptoms and I I get it like they what else can they do you know, at least yeah. have the people who are all showing symptoms in the same room together, not with other people. But at that point, Indy wasn't showing symptoms. So oh, I was no. feeling a little weird about that. Even though like Adam and I had symptoms and we spend all of our time with her, I was just like, there's a woman over there that's really coughing. And like, I don't really want Indy in here. Uh, she will well, how yeah. like, yeah, how do you keep a mask on a 16 month old? So you don't. Um, oh, don't. <laughs> she refused so we her and Adam actually um, stayed out of the the room like the clinic area and just stayed okay. in the hallway and he did his best to kind of like hold it over her um, and then I stayed in and once they called us then I just went and got them and they put us first so whoever they were doing at the time when we arrived we were after them okay um, and because you also wouldn't have had a way of knowing like, how do you know if a 16-month-old who's not quite verbal yet can't taste or smell? Well, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I said point. she wasn't showing symptoms, but really, I don't know if she has yeah. symptoms mm-hmm. at that point or not. And, like, yeah, I mean, even if she had a, sn- a stepped-up nose, that could have been a symptom. But it also is, like, connected to teething. It's connected to normal yeah. colds. Like, it would be very hard to tell. It's funny what you're saying about the mask, because I think it was the end of February. We had a bout of all my kids being sick. There was like ear infections and things like that. So we were going into the clinic and it was, uh, I believe, corona- like the coronavirus hadn't come into Canada yet, mm-hmm. but it was the questions were, 
have you traveled um if you're if you have symptoms cold symptoms wear a mask yeah and trying to get my three-year-old to wear a mask it was not happening like no. there was no way no. so it's like wrestling with noodle started, like i know they started early with the questions though like when you were going into the clinic for things like that i i'm pretty sure it was february um but it was like have and you know we were joking about it because she's asking me if my three-year-old had been to China and I was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> and so when you guys got called in, you went as a family, like they took you back. Was, were all the staff wearing like hazmat suits? Yes. Um, they were in the full like shield, face shield, um, mask underneath. And then the like robe. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, yeah, and gloves and everything, and gloves, yeah. Which I assume. So sorry, just to clarify, was was everyone in the clinic being tested for COVID, or they were there for other reasons? No, it was just a COVID testing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say when we were there, there was probably fifteen people in the waiting room with us. Oh wow! Oh wow! Um, I think in there was one other child, and he was. So yeah, two children. Everyone else was adults, and yeah, they they um called us all back together, and they just did it in the same room. And it's like a nose swab, right? Yeah, it's a nose swab on on each up each nostril, and I'd say they go back about an inch. So I've saw I saw videos that uh, made it seem way worse. I don't know if like mm-hmm. certain places are doing going back farther I mean it was enough to make your eyes water and I have a deviated septum so I was really nervous because oh I've had to have well I a nose ears and throat doctor tried to test something on me and like the tube went nowhere because of my deviated septum so I was really nervous that they weren't going to do it but they it was fine I my eyes definitely watered. they really do make it seem like they're jabbing it into your brain yeah I mean it definitely goes back there but it's really not like it's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, Andy didn't <laughs> love it, but she did way better than I expected. Oh, good. Yeah, we had to hold her down, obviously, but yeah, it was okay. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as some videos are showing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some videos look like truly traumatic. I'm like, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Agreed. I, I was know. a little nervous. About you it don't want to go get before. tested because of it. Yeah. And <clears throat> and then were they just like, okay, we'll give you a call if you're positive, or they would call you regardless? Um, they would call regardless. So, and so then how long did that take? So we got tested on the 21st and we got our call. What day is it today? Sorry. I don't even know like what day it is. I know. I don't know. Seven. Oh, okay. So we got tested (laughs) on the Saturday and they called us on Wednesday night at around 9 p.m. Oh my God, that's so late. Yeah. Um, and the phone call lasted two and a half hours. What? What? Yeah. Because Adam and I tested positive and Indy. Oh my gosh. Um, it would have been three, it would have been technically been three separate phone calls or two separate phone calls, but um, because Adam and I are married and she was able to talk about, talk to both of us. Um <laughs> it may have been shorter if they were separate calls, but because we were like a right. family of three, it, she had to mm-hmm. go through everything for everyone. Oh my wow. God. And so like, what, 
I don't like, how what do you I feel like when they said like, you're positive, did you kind of have a feeling already because of the, the no tasting and no smelling? Yeah. I mean, I, Adam was in more denial. He was like, nah, I don't think so. Like, I don't think we have it. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure we do like definitely. Um, but yeah. it felt very different when they tell you because they say it in a very yeah. formal way. And it sounds, it's just feels <sighs> very like ominous. Like it's very, like they say, you know, this, my name is this and I'm a, you know, I don't know, some are nurses, some are like clerks, some are right. all different kind of roles, but she's like, my name is this and I am this. And um, I'm calling to let you know that you have tested positive for COVID-19. Like they say it in this very long, like formal way. And it's, it feels super weird. <laughs> Um, oh, and then wow. right after that, they say like, we're here to help you through this. How are you feeling about what I've just told you? Like right away. Yeah. So oh. it feels very like, like I should have been more worried than I was like, you know, like, mm-hmm. because it is a big thing, but because of my mild symptoms, I mean, I, I know the severity of it for some people, but it just like, I don't know. It's a very weird thing when they tell you. That's all I can say. It was just very weird. <laughs> yeah. And so did they tell you right away that you were, you and Adam were positive, but Indy was negative? So they told, the phone call was to my phone. So originally they were calling just to talk to me. Um, so they just told me um, my results and then wanted to talk about me. And it wasn't until a couple minutes into the conversation that I was like, well, yes, I've I've been traveling and with my family and they also got tested. Like, are we able to find out their results so she had to check with her supervisor for that because she wasn't sure if it would have to be logged as like a separate phone call for right. under adam's um health uh, care number but in the end she was able to tell um us but it wasn't until like probably 40 minutes into the conversation and so what wow. like what takes i don't know yeah what how, why was the phone call so long what do they go through so they go through every symptom you could have felt that could have been related. So like uh, we were in Brighton in the UK and it was two days before we left and I had like a tickle in my throat. So I talked about that and that could have been the beginning of it. it oh, wow. I literally like gargled with salt water a handful of times and it went away and that was it. And then it was three days later that I lost my sense of taste and smell so like going even going back to that she was like okay when did that happen what were you feeling that day what did you do how long did it last and then okay the next day and then the next day so originally at the beginning of the conversation she thought she would have to track all of our travels in the UK um, but I think that they changed their mind on that because that would be impossible and they can't really do much with that information like they can't right. call people in the UK that we walked past and went into their stores, you know, like they don't, have, right. you can't. So they basically said, we want to know everything about the day you flew home and going forward to now. Mm-hmm. So the day I lost my sense of smell and taste or like what time, when did that happen? Was there anything else? Like, how did you notice? What did you notice? And then, so imagine those types of questions for everything. Yeah. And then, yeah, with our- did that send you kind of into a bit of a spiral when you're thinking about who you were in contact with and what stores you went into and things like that? I, I feel like that would be just a really strange feeling to now kind of go back and think, like, who did I yeah. talk to? What did I touch? Where did I go? Yeah, I'm I'm glad we didn't have to do that for the UK 
because that would have been like I wouldn't have known and I told her that I'm like honestly we were we were traveling so like we went on and off the trains every day we went in and out of grocery stores like liquor stores like we went to the palace like we went everywhere so yeah I can't mm-hmm. really tell you and I have I don't have a timeline for that like I don't know what day I did what <laughs> like I yeah I can't remember um so it was shortly after that they were like okay we're gonna only talk about what affects Canada and the flight home so they talked about everything on the flight our flight number what time we left what time we arrived our seat number um there was a confirmed case on our flight so I don't know if you know but they list all of the flights that are affected I think it's on the government's website and kind of the seats yeah so we we knew that there was someone already positive on our flights before we found out we were positive they were about 30 rows from us um, okay, and I, oh. I think it's unlikely that we would have gotten it from the plane just because I was affected like the next morning, and I think that would be right. very, very fast. Um, and were they coming from the same place as well? They were coming from so England. They were on the Frankfurt to to Canada flight, so I don't know if they were coming oh, okay. from the UK or where, but um, mm. yeah. So they basically go. She goes over everything like that, every symptom, and then when since we arrived home, like. Yes. How did you get home from the airport? Have you, did you see anyone in between there? What have you been doing for the past nine days? Like, have you gone out? Like we picked up, Adam picked up uh, click and collect from superstore. So she wanted to know everything about that. Like what location? And we mm-hmm. knew we couldn't come in contact with people. Like luckily we were people that took it seriously. So yeah. we, we hadn't done anything. Like I told her, Oh, I, uh, we did go for one walk before we knew that we weren't even supposed to go for walks we thought we could go for walks but apparently like we couldn't we weren't supposed to leave our house at all so we had yeah. to tell her like oh we took our dog for a walk around the block did you walk past anyone yeah we did we walked past people but like there was distance we didn't talk to them okay do you know who they were no I don't like I couldn't help her with oh that oh my god um, wow we went to the, our mailbox is like just on the end of our street we got our mail so like even like doing those things you feel kind of guilty <laughs> before we knew yeah, like, yeah. we weren't supposed to get our mail like at all um we borrowed a cup of sugar from our neighbors who we were traveling with um so all of these things like she was taking notes on and adding into the file wow um, yeah so like the click and collect thing uh Adam had Starbucks dropped off one day and the guy most delivery people are ringing the doorbell and then stepping back off the steps right and walking kind of halfway right, down your right. path and this guy stood on one of our steps so I don't have to be like oh I got coffee delivered on this day at this time by the Starbucks or like some everything like that so right so between the three of us I mean we had done all of the same things but between all of our symptoms and or not symptoms it took two and a half hours yeah so it was like eleven thirty when we got off the phone wow and then yeah. and then like how are you supposed to go to bed after that I didn't sleep that night. I was like, I already have anxiety, like generally in life. So I, I didn't sleep well that night. And I really had to like, check myself the next day because we had been traveling with Indy and been treating her like normal and handling her like normal for weeks. And she was negative. But now that I knew that I was positive by a test, it felt very different and it felt very like it felt more scary to me 
Yeah, That's because now suddenly, like you're the old, the two people that are allowed to, yes, or and are responsible for caring for this little human are infected with something. Yeah, um, and because our symptoms were how they were, like it, it was really hard to know how transferable they are because we're not coughing, like we're not sneezing, right. and mm-hmm. those those germs are spread by like droplets right so I'm like okay well maybe that's why she hasn't gotten sick is because of the symptoms that we happen to have just aren't those ones that are making us cough and making us sneeze and like obviously germs can be transferred very easily on your hands and like cutlery and like anything we're sharing with her um so we had kind of already been being cautious about that in general before we even knew that we were positive but yeah, I really had to check myself that next day. I was, my anxiety was really high because it was just a very weird situation, like a situation that we've never been in. And yeah. it just like, I don't know, it felt really weird. There was a moment uh, in Indy had walked up to Adam and said up and he looks at me and he's like, what do I do? I'm oh like, no. You know, like it felt like just very strange. Like how do I, how do yeah. I be taking care of a toddler? Did they give you advice on how to care for her? So they basically said that they recognize that, like, we're her caregivers and, like, we can't isolate from her. If it were, if it would have been just Adam and I and one of us was positive and one of us was negative, they would have suggested that we isolate separately. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. And our child is the one that's negative and we have to care for her. So they basically said, you know, wash her hands a lot, change her clothes a lot. Um do not share any cutlery or cups or anything like that with her um wash your own hands a lot sanitize things that are high traffic or like touched a lot so basically normal things that you would kind of want to do but we probably all let slide just in general with hygiene and like flu season and stuff like that yeah Um, so there wasn't much we can do more there wasn't much more we can do than what we were kind of already doing like I was Lysol wiping um all the time the only thing that changed a little bit after we found out was just that Adam had started his symptoms uh later than me so he was in a different part of the virus like as I was so my symptoms were basically gone um when we got our results uh and they don't want you to go out out of self-isolation at all until your symptoms are fully gone so even if that's like a stuffy nose like your taste is back your smell is back for us those were our symptoms even if we had one little thing remaining like we are still not allowed out of the house Um, so it's 10 days from when your symptoms start or when they finish so like if your if your symptoms happen to end on the eighth day you you, I think you still have to wait 10 days, but if you're simply right. longer than that, then you're staying in for as long as that is. Oh, so, wow. And it's interesting what you're saying though, about um, keeping, you know, your child from sharing your drinks and stuff like that. My kids grab my stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. They're always like grabbing my spoon or my cup. And that would be so hard to kind of. Well, yeah. And it's just like remembering because, yeah. because we feel normal. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like when my taste came back I'm like okay there is nothing else affecting me like I said I was doing workouts every day with friends like on zoom like there weren't easy workouts I felt great like I could breathe I had energy like everything was normal so I I would 
I wouldn't necessarily think twice to like cut up her pancake with my knife and fork, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we, we have been a little bit more cautious with Adam and her just because he wasn't as far along as I was. So it has been, so I started symptoms on the 9th and then now it's, what day is it? April 5th. So it's been quite yeah. a long, yeah. or sorry, I started symptoms on the 18th. I'm all confused. I got, yes, the 18th or the 18th. So it's been two weeks, two and a half weeks, one, mm-hmm. two and a half ish weeks um, for me. So I'm well, like I'm past that 14 days that they recommend. Um, and he was just a little, he still, his taste is just starting to come back now, but it's still not that. So, right. um, wow. you know, they recommended that I do more of the feeding stuff with her. Uh, but it's hard. Like even he, you know, put together a snack for her yesterday and like he touched what he gave her because he's yeah. not wearing gloves to prepare food. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's hard to know, but I had to, I had to kind of relax about it because there's nothing else I can do. Like I can't, I can't mm-hmm. stress about it every day because she's here with us. So if she, if she's going to get it, it's from us. And like, right. that's, it is what it is. Like I can't do anything else. And were they <clears throat> calling you frequently or once you hung up the phone, had you heard from them again? So they said on the original phone call with our results that they were going to be following up every day, but we haven't heard from them. Oh. So I'm not sure what that's about. And like, it's okay because we're doing okay, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's happening for other people or not, but I will say that I was very impressed by like how thorough they were being on the phone with us. Um, Mm -hmm. and it should give people some sort of, um, comfort knowing how, how thorough they're being with people who are testing positive because, you know, some people aren't like us and some people are going out and didn't listen yes. to their self-isolation that they were basically declared that they would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Well, and the fact that you weren't feeling symptoms for a few days, you could have easily, you know, someone else could easily be that person who's like, I'm, fi- I'm fine. Yeah. I need to get groceries. I need to go to the bank. I need to run some errands mm-hmm. and without knowing that they have it. And then, you know, yeah. there's community infection right there. So. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because I want I do want people to know our story because it's not it's not scary you know like yeah it's not as we don't have scary symptoms we are fine at home and feeling fine but that's the other side of it is that we could have felt fine and gone out and then someone mm-hmm. else could have gotten it that these symptoms don't present like this for them and so it's like it's yeah that's the thing about this virus is that it affects everyone differently and you know you you don't want everyone to be like forever terrified that this virus is a death sentence for everyone because it's not but at the same time you have to take it like it is because it could be for the next person that you hand something to it might not affect you and you might be fine but you could pass this on to someone who could potentially die yeah and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save other, like other people's lives. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, like when my husband told his, his work, he works for a, a large, very large international company. And so he told his boss who told their HR 
um, and they don't tell they're not allowed to say who it is, but they sent out an email basically saying like, we do have a positive case in Calgary, um, oh, wow. but, this, but this person hasn't been in the office. So like, don't worry. And his boss right. kind of said like, I'm getting a lot of messages. <laughs> everyone's, asking, <laughs> everyone's asking who it is because everyone's really concerned. And Adam said, well, do you want me to email them to like my, what happened? Because I can, if it's going to make them feel mm-hmm. better. And, and his boss was saying, like, you don't have to at all, but if you want to, then I'm sure it would help. And so yeah. there, um, he sent out this email, basically just kind of like a quick detail of how this happened for us and how we're doing. And it made people feel better. And another person in that, his office, whose husband runs a company, is like, can I send this out to people? Because I have staff who are absolutely terrified every day. Like, they're just that this is basically a death sentence for everyone. And yeah. Adam's yeah. like, you definitely can share this, like, because it's showing people that those symptoms, those severe symptoms aren't for everyone. But yeah, like, that's yeah. the scary thing is that we couldn't, we could have felt fine and, and just gone out like normal. Like, we desperately needed groceries, but we didn't go and get them. But someone might. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of the symptoms that are being talked about are the really scary ones. So Yeah. And, and the people that you were traveling with, sorry, Karen. No, no, go ahead. The people that you were traveling with, did they get it? No. And that's the interesting thing. Okay. Um, they got tested. So they called before us to get tested, but got tested after us, probably because um, their symptom, they didn't really have symptoms. One of them had a, a mm-hmm. little minor cough um, and they both, all three of them came back negative. So it's just interesting, okay. like we literally stayed in Airbnbs together the entire time, traveled together every day, but we could have touched one thing on a train that they didn't touch. Wow. And, you know, and Adam and I are, we're caring for a child together. So like we were touching similar things all the time. So we don't, yeah. we don't know who had it first, Adam or I, like we don't know who gave it to who <laughs> or if we yeah. got it from the <laughs> same thing, but because even though I showed symptoms first could have been like incubating in him for longer so we just like mm-hmm. don't know so it's it was really interesting to find out that they were negative and I'm glad but it's just very interesting because we and were they, all yeah. the same places will they test Indy again because again like with a 16 month old you don't know they if I I don't think so unless I, I'm assuming unless she had like crazy symptoms that started sometime in the future maybe they would test yeah. again but as of right now, she has no symptoms still, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of on the phone, I was saying like, okay, I'm going to be worried about Indy now. Um, what do you think about this? When I was on the phone with HealthLink and she's like, she basically said, well, you know, your symptoms started on the 18th and it's been over 10 days and Indy still doesn't have a symptom. So like, that's good, but they can't say for sure that she's not going to still get it. Right. Yeah. I had to just like because are you contagious the entire ten days? Or they don't know. I think you're I think you're contagious until you have symptoms. Or don't have symptoms. Okay. Yeah. Or I I don't know. I think I'm just assuming that's why they're saying like ten days. It's ten to fourteen days is how the long virus typically lasts, unless you have like a pre existing condition and you're affected 
longer because of it but they're saying mm-hmm. that generally it's 10 to 14 days and I think that's why they're kind of covering that off by just saying or until your symptoms are gone like completely gone right so yeah um yeah so technically I mean she could probably I don't know if even she could get it from Adam at this point because of how long it's been but we just don't know there's just not enough yeah. <laughs> there's not enough information to know yeah and so thinking back, would you guys have done anything differently? I don't know. I have thought about this question a, a bunch and like, it was a really hard decision deciding about this trip in the first place before we left. And we decided about not going to France. And part of me was like, why are we even going? Like, why are we doing this? But at the time it didn't, yeah. it didn't feel, um, as big of a deal I guess I don't know maybe I just sound naive but I I was a little worried at the time that I was being irresponsible and because of like money you know because of like having yeah. the trip booked and it wasn't necessarily not going on it but like we would lose everything um but I don't know I just don't think I have an answer for it because at the time it wasn't things felt okay in a a lot of the countries like at that time it was Iran Italy and China I think that were the Mm -hmm. top three and so I don't know I we made the best decision we could at the time with the information we had about like changing our trip I'm really glad we did that I France got crazy after we made that decision and so we knew we made the right decision there as for going in at all I just don't know I don't know but I think that's just it you could yeah you can only make the best decision with the information you had and you guys did that yeah and this is something that like Mm -hmm. none of us have ever really gone through before I mean we didn't know that this was going to take over the world essentially like we didn't Mm -hmm. know yeah it happened very quickly and and it's here now as well so whether or not we would have gone out somewhere here and gotten it I mean we just don't know so we don't know yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know (laughs) basically I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to touch on I'm interested to know uh your your dynamic between you and your husband during all this because you were saying a little bit that he was a little bit more in denial of it Mm -hmm. and I know for me my husband was always very much like everything's gonna be fine like don't worry about it don't stress and Mm -hmm. if the kids weren't feeling good I would think maybe I need to bring them to the doctor and he was more on the like chill side so did you kind of find that like you're like no we gotta go we gotta get tested and he was a little bit more relaxed about it he is a very laid-back person and like I will say that my I I have anxiety and it's often triggered by health issues so for Mm -hmm. me I felt like this was going to be way harder than it has proven to be so far but generally yeah we come from opposite sides in that way like he's always like no you're overthinking calm like you need to kind of calm down like take a break think about it rationally and I'm a like well why waste my time doing that when I can just go figure it out (laughs) yeah (laughs) um, I'd rather just know however it yeah it was weird I I wasn't as um freaked out as I thought I would be so like I did mm-hmm. think that I wanted to get tested for sure um but I wasn't as I wasn't coming from it with as much anxiety as I anticipated 
Um, mm-hmm. But he he was definitely in more denial. Like, even though we had these symptoms, he's kind of just thinking, like, no, like, what are the odds? Like, we've got it. Like, we're, yeah. not, we're not those. We're not those people. Like, that's <laughs> not um, uh, but he also saw, you know, that these are important things for people to know. So he definitely still agreed yeah. that we should call. But it was me that initiated it and me that did the call. So. And then were you super tactful like I would have been and said, like, I told you so I was right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I basically said that. I'm pretty sure I said those exact words. See, told you. We were positive. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> and does this still go down in history as Adam's worst Christmas gift ever? Like, he kind of gave you coronavirus for <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my gosh, that's such a good point. I'm going to bring that up when I go upstairs. Yeah, because he just keeps saying that, or before this happened, you know, like, he that he got me the best gift yet. Like, this is so good. I'm like, dude, you got me a pandemic. Like, thank you. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Emily, thank you so much for letting us interview you. No problem. I'm glad I have a a story to share that's somewhat positive. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Michelle, Emily is the one. You did a workshop, Emily, of, I want to call it, I'm going to miss Macrame? Yep. I was going to call it like Macrame. And I was like, I know that's not quite right. Um, But she did a workshop on it. And Michelle and I were saying that we wanted to learn to do it. Yeah. Wait, what are we learning to do? What's it called? Macrame. Like those. Oh, yeah, Macrame. Yeah. You have some really nice ones in your house. And I was like, hey, we should take a workshop. I saw a girl doing this. Yeah. yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah, I, love I, I was going to have one um, in April, but those have been canceled. Oh. <laughs> so next time that people are allowed to um, be around each other, yeah, you should yeah. definitely come. Would you ever do it online? I don't know what that would look like. Like, I, I was actually, I actually talked about that last night with Adam. I said, do you think this would be something like that people would want to do? I would kind of just have the supplies for pickup um because people can't get their own and then I would do like either um probably like a zoom thing I would limit it still to like eight people at a time and then Mm -hmm. actually watch me do it and learn and have ask questions but it would be fun I mean people are looking for things to do and they're kind of trying things that they wouldn't normally try right now which is fun yeah yeah no for sure there's a lot of people who are who are trying a lot of new things I am not one of them but I (laughs) i could be. <laughs> you totally could be. You're trying to keep fun with the live, so things. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah, if I would totally sign up and do something like that online. Yeah, me too. Um do you follow me on Instagram, like on my macrame account? Because if I do it, I'll probably post about it there. It's frayed gray. Frayed gray. Okay. Yeah. Um, gray. Well, that's amazing. Cool. Okay. I'm going to stop recording and we'll hang this up, but thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. No problem. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Thank you. Bye. Wow, Michelle, that was such a good interview. Emily's lovely. I know. I love her. I want to macrame with her. (laughs) But do you want to CrossFit with her? No, I do not. No. (laughs) I am the opposite of CrossFit. I am straight out of shape (laughs) (laughs) i'm just somewhere in the middle definitely not crossfit fit yeah yeah i love that meme that's like so um 
at the end of this, are the producers of my 600 pound life just going to reach out to me or do I need to message them? (laughs) How does this work exactly? Yeah. It's like going to be a competition, like an out of quarantine competition to see like who's the least fit. Oh my God. We should have weighed ourselves before this happened. (sighs) I don't know if I want to know the stats on that. I know. We could release our stats and just like cry. <laughs> uh, no, she was awesome. Her story is crazy and um still has, you know, a positive spin to it and maybe will ease a little bit of people's minds, but also make them understand that they need to do the right thing when it comes to this pandemic and traveling. Yeah, it hit really close to home. Like, wow, like that is just like you just caught it and it, you know, they could have so easily made different choices that would have potentially infected so many people. Yeah. But thank God that they didn't. Oh my God. My dogs are wrestling beside me. Can you hear them? Yeah. Who's winning? Okay. Everybody just settle down. (laughs) Recording, recording between my bed and the wall, maybe isn't the greatest (laughs) thing with dogs in the room. Um, yeah, but it makes you think about all the people who didn't take this seriously and, you know, weren't showing symptoms or had very mild symptoms and thought, I'm fine. I wasn't around anybody. Like, let's just go get groceries or do whatever. Um, and what that does to the spread of this. Right. So <clears throat> it's very interesting to see um, how how this works. Yeah. And to be for you and your partner to both have the infection but not your kid like it just yeah yeah that must have been such a stressful time yeah for sure for sure well um, we hope you enjoyed this one yeah and if do you we need to, do we need, every episode do we need to talk about people following our instagram i don't know like we've got like 130 followers now michelle i just don't know how big we're gonna get <laughs> i mean really that was our goal so we could probably shut this thing down right now <laughs> Um, but if you, I don't know, like any other podcast I listen to, they mention it. Okay, well, you know what, folks, find us on Instagram. I did not sign up for this dot podcast, and Facebook. I did not sign up for this. And let us know if you have a story to tell. Because oh yeah, that too. To hear it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey there! Welcome to Seventh Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the '90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and '90s fashion. 
Join us every week for a lighthearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.